Hello and welcome back to Contemporary Insanity. My name is Braden Jennings along with John Patrick Payment. And welcome back to our second episode. In this episode, we're going to dive into the Republican GOP debate along with the Kentucky elections and the war in Ukraine. So, John, how are you doing today? Doing good. Let's talk about the debate. It was, it was fantastic. The GOP debate? The GOP debate was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. I thought Vivek was going to get beat up. Uh, Vivek had a great night. I think DeSantis had a good night, too. Nikki Haley came off as angry. Tim Scott wasn't really there. <laughs> did you see Did you see Tim Scott after the debate just walking around awkwardly because he doesn't have a family? So he was, <laughs> <See that? laughs> he, was just kne- he was just kneeling down, like shaking random people's hands. That's weird. He uh, he has a weird energy about him. I don't know why he's on stage. He's not he's not anywhere close to winning. He doesn't bring anything new. He just like recycles statements. He called for us to bomb Iran though. That was fun. <laughs> he's a warmonger. Yeah. For no reason. Like I don't He he knows he's not going to win. He's I don't know, he's probably just setting himself up for some other time in the future. That's why he's staying in. Where he's trying to get a cabinet position under whoever does win. Well, they talked about how Chris Christie and Tim Scott, like it was, they were lucky to actually be even be on the panel. Yeah, they should have been there. <laughs> should have been Vivek, DeSantis, and Haley. So, is Trump not going to these debates out of spite, or can he just not he because have he's? To. <laughs> yeah, is he's, that? But is that really his? Yeah, he's thinking? forty points ahead. It's a risk for him to go. You think, yeah, you think so, he's afraid of like... No, he's not afraid. It's just smart not to go. Yeah. Like, if he was there, he'd be throwing zingers better than Vivek was. <laughs> yeah. But, like, if he was there, the entire night would have been about Boogate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, he's at, what, 61%? Uh, I don't think he's that high. I think he's, like, 54. The poll that NBC News, or I think it was NBC News, showed, said he was up... At least sixty percent. Five thirty-eight is usually the best polling. They What's it have say? him at fifty points next to Haley at fifteen. Trump DeSantis is sixty-three versus fifteen. Against DeSantis, he's better than against Haley. It looks like. Yeah, because the top the top three are Trump, DeSantis, and Nikki Haley. Now, yeah. Why do you think people like Nikki Haley? I think it's the leftovers from the Bush era. You think they, so? Yeah, they like the war. Uh, she well, she has a presence about her that's like a strong, independent, like hardworking American woman. But she's not. Usually, you'd see that with the left, but with her, I don't know. She seems like a soccer mom that just likes politics. Well, but she's obviously intelligent. Yeah, you know? she's uh, been UN secretary. She's been governor. Uh, she Who was is she the governor of, Boeing, of South Carolina? Okay, so and Tim Scott's now the current. Tim Scott's a senator from South Carolina right He's now. He's a senator, yeah. So they're both doing, I think they're both trying to stay in for South Carolina because they think they'll get some pull there and it'll help the rest of their primaries. I don't think it's going to happen. Trump's so think, far ahead. So who do you think Trump's vice president's going to be? you think it'll be Vivek? I hope it's Vivek, but I have no idea. I don't <laughs> think Trump knows at this point. Do they have a close relationship? Uh, Vivek is purposely not attacking Trump, which that's the way to go against Trump is you don't attack him because if, if you're nice to Trump, Trump's nice to you, even if you're a threat. DeSantis made that mistake and he went on the attack against Trump early, so he became desanctimonious. 
Bad nickname. He did, yeah. And now Trump's going after Florida hard. Yeah, Trump's going after Florida. He's saying all the policies are bad when they aren't really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I I have to give credit for what Ron did in Florida, especially during the pandemic. Oh yeah, Ron DeSantis has been a great governor of Florida. Everything he says is good. His campaign is just run he, horribly. He also fulfills his promises. Like everything that he's done, I know that's like his big campaign slogan is like everything that I've done, everything that I've said that I would do in Florida, I've done. And so now his big slogan is like, I'll do it as president. Yeah, he's a great governor, but I tweeted out, uh, DeSantis' campaign is driven like Helen Keller driving a bus. (laughs) So his campaign management's not been good. His campaign team sucks. All the... There's a conspiracy theory that it's just a bunch of Trump supporters <laughs> in his campaign team because it's been so bad. <laughs> They're just setting him up for failure. Yeah, they don't do anything right. They, they Every video they release is boring. It makes them look boring. When they go on the attack on social media, they just, like, insult people. They don't... It's all, And then in the, the ending is always him, like, with a thumbs up, smiling. Yeah. <laughs> he tries to do the whole Trump thing, but it doesn't... It just comes off as creepy. Oh, and he's... I don't think he should do a toothy smile. He's got kind of a creepy smile. Yeah, he does. Somebody said he has Asperger's. Maybe. <laughs> he I, might. He, he, he played up the veteran um, card he last night. The veteran card. Which he is a veteran. Yeah. He was a, he was a JAG attorney. Seals. This is a JAG. Making sure the Navy SEALs don't do war crimes. <laughs> I'm sure he allowed. I think he, I bet he allowed some things to slide. Maybe. Uh, Chris Christie decided to be solemn during the debate instead of his <laughs> like last time he tried funny he tried to call Donald Trump Donald Duck yeah which didn't land at all so now <laughs> he tried I'm the serious person here everyone else is crazy I think he walked off stage fairly quickly I don't think he stayed nice no, he was, he was hungry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like man I, I built up an appetite sitting you know standing there yeah, standing there not providing anything to the conversation. But all the candidates are pretty much the same on domestic policy. Foreign policy is the only thing where they differ. And that's where that's where I really like Vivek, because Vivek is his big thing is let's stay out of World War Three. And Nikki Haley, Tim Scott are both calling for us to bomb Iran and get into an act of war. Well Vivek, I mean, he's obviously openly Republican, but doesn't he side with the Libertarian Party heavily on at least some issues, especially relating to foreign policy. Yeah, and uh, when he was younger, he was pretty openly a Democrat. Like when he was in college, he was openly a Democrat. What changed his views? I think it was like COVID and BLM. He's talked about this, that during BLM, people came to him and said, hey, you need to release a statement. So he released a statement saying, I condemn police brutality, blah, blah, blah. And they said, it's not good enough. You have to side with uh, BLM on everything. And uh, uh made him upset so he wrote his book woke inc and that's about the fear of the spread of national uh, race movements and how well, like the damage that it causes it's on just society. about how uh, woke ideology infests businesses like but through dei and uh dei and esg scores and all that yeah um so i mean now to move on to the kentucky election so Andy Bashir uh, was reelected as governor in Kentucky. 
Um, from yeah. what I've seen, everyone else that ran though for I think treasurer and attorney general, it was all red. Yeah. Every every race, every statewide race was Republican plus at least eighteen, other than governor race. Which, Which, so why do you think people liked Andy Bashir? I think because of his work. Uh, he's brought a bunch of companies to the state. People like him because of that. Because of the campaign he ran. He ran on old people and young people. He told old people, Daniel Cameron's going to take away your money. And he told young people, Daniel Cameron's going to take away your abortions. And people resonated with that. Yeah. I'd be interested to know how many young people voted in this election. Yeah, the, because of the because it was so heavily pushed about you know abortion was a huge topic you know for this. Yeah, uh, I think they had polling places on college campuses that were pretty packed, like at U of L in UK. Yeah, here you just you don't really hear about it. <laughs> People in Owensboro don't care. Our, <laughs> I think Davis County voted at the same uh, population as Ohio County. Nice. <laughs> Populations are not the same. <laughs> They're actually it, there's a big difference in the in the numbers. I I mean I don't like the way he handled the pandemic. I think he I think Andy Bashir catered to the left, and he was kind of just a puppet for you know the lockdowns and the way he handled. Um, I think school was the big thing that bothered me because I was in school. I was in high school at the time and, you know, he forced us to lock down and do virtual schooling yet. You could go out to the liquor store and like, I mean, you could go to some stores, but you couldn't go to school. Like it didn't, and they weren't like essential stores. You could go shopping, but you couldn't go to school. Well, the pandemic was two years ago. No one cares about it anymore. Yeah. I think some people still hold resentment for it, but you're right. I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff has happened since the pandemic. So all the entire race has been after the pandemic. Yeah. So trying to bring up the pandemic to bring down Bashir wasn't ever going to work because yeah, of that. Because he could just say we're over, we've moved on from that, and we've grown. And know? also in the pandemic, rural Kentucky didn't care. Even if there was rules, most people didn't follow them. You're only seeing people follow the rules in the big towns and the big cities. Yeah. But, I mean... I liked Daniel Cameron. I was I was disappointed that he lost. I had a. Did you watch his farewell speech? I didn't. It was it was admirable. He wasn't he wasn't rude. I wasn't saying the election was stolen. No, <laughs> no, but sketchy stuff that went on in Louisville. No, but all the comments on the YouTube video said that it was stolen. So <laughs> they're quick to. Oh, did you hear about the stuff that happened in Louisville? Uh huh. And uh, some heavily Republican parts of Louisville, the polling places had gas leaks and flooded. What? So they, so they, so what happened? Did they just not, were they not? They closed them during the day and then they extended hours into the night to allow voting, which was after everyone expected voting to happen. So presumably that everybody's off work, you know, eating dinner with their family. So they were probably like, well, I guess I don't get a vote. Yeah. That's extremely sketchy. We'll see. (laughs) I don't know. How many votes did he, how many points did he win by? Quick Google search. He, uh, or how many points? It was 52% to 47%. Yeah. So it's relatively close race compared to all the others. It was extremely close when, when you look at the polling data. Cause I mean, a few months ago, Andy Bashir was going to blow him out of the water. Yeah. Then it came close. We got a few looking like Daniel Cameron was going to win. And now 
We got our lines. Not so much. Yeah. But we know the truth now. But it, yeah. I mean, I'm personally not worried because we have a strong Republican legislator. So. Yeah, nothing's going to Nothing's going to change, really. I mean, I'd like to see, I would love to see industry move to Kentucky, especially Davis County. Yeah. But, I mean, just because, you know, with industry, especially like advanced technology industry, that brings subsidiary jobs and it also brings direct jobs to the factory or the wherever the place of business is. I think we talked about this. It was like it brings teachers, it brings restaurants. Yeah, for every one brings, job, it brings five more jobs. Yeah. Yeah, and because every other statewide position in the legislature are extremely red, having a blue government isn't a blue governor isn't going to do anything to our state. It's we're yeah. being chilling. I think Kentucky right now is in the process of finding their identity. Yeah. In terms of like what do we want our state to look like in 10 years? Because we're kind of in a weird spot, you know, where we have a mix of northern states and southern states. So I feel like we've always kind of grasped, like in the air, like trying to find, you know, our identity. Kentucky's always been a between north and south state. Yeah, it's like we've never, we never really were able to make a decision. Hopefully we go libertarian. That would be cool. We should just separate ourselves from the United States and just secede. Uh, libertarians want a governorship, or not a governorship, a mayoral seat in a big city, and I think Oklahoma. So, libertarians are making progress now. <laughs> there you go. What I'd like to know, what to you defines liberalism or being a libertarian? What's the defining factor? Wanting a limited government in almost all aspects of life. So, extremely limited government. Yes. What about in terms of, like, defense spending and the growth of the military with in relation to the large superpowers that now exist that are enemies of, of our state. We should be able to defend our borders and no one else's. Okay. Because this ties into what we're going to talk about later in the episode, which is the Ukraine-Russian conflict. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've been an adversary towards Ukraine, and we've given them a lot of resources and lots of money. Which is interesting now because the context of what we're talking about, Ukraine Ukraine has had advisors, even though it's like a dark ghost story now, has called for an end to the war um, to Zelensky himself. Um, I'm not sure what his response was. I'm sure it was we're not backing down until Russia's defeated. But we know that as of right now, it's, it's a stalemate. And the... Uh the chief of the Ukrainian army said we're in a stalemate and immediately after Zelensky came out said it's not a stalemate it's never been a stalemate we're going to take Crimea which isn't logical in any way the average age of a Ukrainian soldier right now is 43 that's too old to field an army yeah Ukraine was already an aging country their average I think one in four of their people were over the age of 60 which isn't healthy demographics and now they're trying to fight a war. They've already killed all their young people. Their young people have either been killed or they left the country. So they're fighting with middle-aged men. <laughs> and it's, yeah. It's not going, it's not going to be great because Russia can still, Russia hasn't even called upon it 
St. Petersburg and Moscow for conscription yet. All their conscriptions coming from like Siberia and the Caucasus. Well, the the idea was that Russia was going to take Ukraine fairly easy. Like it was it was going to take probably a matter of weeks. Yeah. I mean, was Russia preparing for a stalemate? No, Russia thought they were going to take it quickly and the American government thought they were going to take it quickly. I was skeptical because I've been following uh, the war loosely since probably 2018. I've been following it. And Ukrainians' defensive strategy has always, or since 2014, has been if Russia attacks, let them come in a little bit and then we'll use our population to kind of hold the line because the population is extremely uh, nationalist and they don't want Russia. So I expected Russia would push in a little bit and then get stopped almost immediately, and that's what happened. And now we've had a stalemate. The Ukrainians have pushed back on a few fronts. They pushed back around Kiev in the north. Uh, they had the big pushback uh, over a year ago now in Kharkiv. At this point, why is Russia not allocating more soldiers and more resources to the area to just take take so back Ukraine? That might make the war unpopular. Right now in St. Petersburg and Moscow, the war is very popular because lives for people in St. Petersburg and Moscow have not changed. The big cities in Russia, nothing's changed about their everyday lives. Prices haven't gone up insanely high. Their kids aren't going off to war. They're going to their ordinary jobs every day. Yeah. Nothing's happening. When war's not on your doorstep, people don't care. Yeah. It's a sad truth, but I mean, it is the truth. Or if you're, you know, son or daughter, you know, if they're not getting drafted, you know, if you have no connection to the war whatsoever and you're not suffering in any way, people don't care. And all the connection they have to the war is their state media saying, we're winning, we're winning, we're winning, nothing bad is happening. Yeah. Which our government did that too. I mean, in the warm Middle East. <laughs> I mean, and effectively, we didn't really care either. So yeah. we still don't really care. I mean, the media portrays it as this horrible thing. And like, you know, the news anchors are like, oh my God, this is horrible. But if you talk to the average American, they're like, where's Ukraine? I don't, like, they couldn't identify it on a map if they tried. Most Americans don't know how many countries we have soldiers in right now. Yeah. We have soldiers all throughout Africa, all throughout the Middle East, fighting terrorists every day. It's, they think, oh, we were just in Iraq and Afghanistan. We're like, well, we're also in <laughs> Syria, and we're also in Yemen sometimes. We're also in Sudan sometimes, and Mali and Nigeria. The average American doesn't understand or can conceptualize the scope of the military-industrial complex. Yeah. Funny enough, though, Eisenhower, he gave that great speech about the military-industrial complex, and he was the one who helped build it up. So yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of hypocrisy in our government. Every president has their little bit of hypocrisy. Yeah. What was Trump's? Everything he said. <laughs> you mean what was Trump's? His entire thing was... No, he, sh he shot straight for the most part. I mean, he said some wild stuff, but he shot straight. Did he? <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> no, Trump was the crazy person that we put in charge for four years, and it was glorious. But isn't there something beautiful about that? Yeah, people were scared of us because we had a crazy man in the White House. <laughs> but Democrats, like, they fear him so much. And I, I mean, obviously, I'm a Republican, but I still to this day 
do not understand like the fear behind that man. Oh, he's a leftist. Like on almost <laughs> everything, he's a leftist. <laughs> he's just a troll that somehow made it through the ranks yeah. and won. But I mean, yeah, like I still like people get so angry at him. He was a Hollywood Democrat and everyone loved him. Up until he said, I'm running as a Republican. And then <laughs> he's the worst person in the world. <laughs> like he's instantly Hitler overnight. <laughs> Everybody loved him when he was on, um, what was that show? Yeah. Apprentice. Yeah. He was a, he's a, com- he's a comedian. I mean, yeah. essentially he was a comedian. He came from a wealthy family. He made his money in real estate, but he mainly made his money off of inheritance. And now he is, he was the president. Yeah. And he might possibly be the president again. He doesn't get put in jail and they don't cheat. <laughs> if the election, yeah, like we said again, if the election does not get stolen again. Not stolen, cheating. The, the Everybody cheats. Things. Everybody cheats. There's no... One what, side cheats a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but everybody cheats. If yeah. you had the ability to cheat and not get caught to be president of the United States, you would cheat. I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> It's the principle of the thing, right? No, it's not the principle. It's the people I don't like cheating. That's the issue. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... <laughs> if it was my side cheating, I'd be okay with it. That's why I understand why the Democrats are okay that they cheated. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I would think that the Ukrainian war... I mean, how much longer does it got? Do you think something crazy is going to happen? No, it's going to... Is this going to be drag on for like 20 years? We just delivered some new far-range munitions that people I've talked to think are going to change the conflict. I don't see it happening. (laughs) Ukraine can't. So you can shoot Russia, but you can't hold a street corner with a drone or with a missile. You have to have soldiers on the ground. Ukraine doesn't have enough people to push back Russia. Russia has... I think three times the population as Ukraine. They're both in uh, demographic decline. So the only numbers you should look at are how many young people are on each side right now. And Russia outclasses Ukraine in that. And you should look at casualty numbers, which don't know neither side is being honest about. Last I saw, it was 500,000 both sides they've estimated, which is a crazy amount. That that's is a, a crazy number. That's how many Americans died in World War II alone. Right. There's no way that's accurate. Not what you just said, but the numbers that they gave. I don't know. That's uh, that seems pretty accurate. It's the the size of the militaries are smaller than World War II, and the scale of the war is smaller. We have better life saving techniques. Almost everyone has a bulletproof vest on. Almost everyone has a helmet on. They also weren't running onto a beach full of yeah, pin boxes that had they're sitting in they're sitting in dirt watching missiles fly over them for the most part. Or they're riding in tanks. Russia, they've been using long range missiles, haven't they? That's what's hit a lot of the cities, like the apartment buildings and yeah, things like that. They use long range missiles and they use suicide drones. Can you explain the so they're commit are they committing war crimes? Probably. Is it a war crime to use a drone, a suicide drone, like bomb? Like to fl- like to have no enemy combatants on the ground and you just like blow it up and like blow up a building. No, they're simply that's what we did in Libya. That's not a war crime. <laughs> no, that's but they're just killing civilians. They're not. I mean, yeah, are they tar- claiming targeting, that there's military targets? Targeting civilians is a war crime, and they're probably doing that. They're definitely doing. It. I mean, when they when they hit an apartment building, 
Do they just say that was an accident? Pretty much, yeah. Or do they just ignore it until somebody I, brings I it a case? No, they just ignore it for the most part. I don't think Russia said anything about their targeting of civilians. They might have said war. something in Mariupol, but that was it. Have no? Have any Russian civilians died? Uh, I mean, there's, there hasn't been like terrorist attacks in Russia. There has been. Um, I haven't heard of any. The daughter of a Russian uh, oligarch was uh, her car was bombed. Um, uh, there was, and she was killed. No, her car was bombed, and she survived the car bomb. <laughs> well, I didn't know if she was in the vehicle. Yeah, she she was in the car, and I think she like turned it on, and it blew up. That it's terrifying. That might have been linked to Ukraine, but no one has <laughs> taken. No one's taken responsibility for it. Okay. And there's been some small skirmishes on the northern border of Ukraine that could possibly have killed civilians, but we don't know. If Trump were to get in office, what do you think he would do about the Israel-Palestine conflict or the war in Ukraine? Israel-Palestine conflict, he'd probably go bomb Gaza himself. (laughs) (laughs) You think so? Yeah, he's the most pro-Israel president we've ever had. I haven't, I mean, I've seen the post where he's rallied support, but I haven't, I haven't seen him be like, Say that. Yeah, by far, he's the most pro-Israel president we've ever had. Did he, he say it be. when he was president, like when the conflicts would happen? Did he say that he would go in and... No, but he bombed an Iranian general that was <laughs> <laughs> leading the terrorist organizations that are attacking Israel. I just think it's fair to say Trump doesn't mind bombing people in general. Yeah. And then Ukraine, he said he'd have it handled within 24 hours I don't know what that means I'd assume he'd go to Ukraine and say talk peace or no more guns and he'd go to Russia say talk peace or we're going to give Ukraine a lot of guns yeah there was a reason why Putin didn't invade Ukraine while Trump was president yeah Trump Trump made the Ukrainian military capable of fighting against the Russians what from his the beginning of his presidency until the end, he armed Ukraine heavily. He sent we sent National Guard soldiers into Ukraine to train their military. We had them there up until after the war started. Yeah, all the celebrities are donating money to Palestine. I don't know where that money goes, but I saw where a bunch of celebrities were calling for people to donate. It goes to bombs. <laughs> That's what. Yeah. <laughs> You get your name and printed on the side of the rocket if you donate. Either goes to bombs or the five-star hotels where their leaders live in Qatar. I know you're skeptical about the news coverage in Palestine. We've talked about that a lot. <laughs> they lie about it. They Why openly... does it look? It does look like a movie. Like when they show like some of the footage. So the they're only bad actors. The only information you're going to get from inside the Gaza Strip is from pro-Hamas people. That means that any video that's going to come out is going to be cherry-picked to make Israel look really bad. It's just like if you watch if you watch footage from Ukraine from a Russian perspective, you're going to get stuff that looks really bad for Ukraine. If you watch videos from the Ukrainian perspective, you're going to get stuff that looks really bad for Russia. There's a fog of war going on, and we don't know the reality of the ground. All the casualty numbers that you see reported are reported by Hamas. 
Hamas wants to report civilian casualties because it makes Israel look bad. But we, the reality of the situation is we don't know what's going on. We should probably wait to make any conclusions on war crimes or whatever. Yeah. That's why I personally haven't been, like, taking a side. I mean, I'm in support of Israel, but, you know, I... I've been one to judge like people who have just taken one side full, you know, wholeheartedly. You judge me for supporting <laughs> Israel full. No, I don't judge you. No, it's not that. I my honest opinion is I don't want innocent civilians to die. However, in regards to the ideology of the Palestinian state, I fundamentally disagree. And with that obviously comes my hatred towards Hamas and what they've done. Hamas doesn't support the best interest of the Palestinian people. They could have built a good society in Gaza if they wanted to. They're supporting the entire jihad. world wants to give them money to build a decent society. They could work with the Palestinian Authority to create a second state. And Israel has said they'd be in support of that. They said the Palestinian Authority is the peace partner. But instead, a few days ago, they tried to assassinate the president of the Palestinian Authority. And a bunch of the pro-Hamas people on Twitter came out, Israel's trying to assassinate Palestinians. You wait a few hours, it was a pro-Hamas militia group that tried to take him out. Yeah. So, yeah, nothing is nothing is black and white. Nothing's clear. No. We probably won't know the actual numbers for a long time. No, you won't know. Ground, forces are, ground forces are in... Um, in the West Bank now. Yeah, so a few blocks from the headquarters of Hamas. What's the update on that? Are they advancing pretty steadily? Yeah, a few blocks a day. What about the um, tunnels? Has that been an issue? Have they found tunnels? Yeah, they've said they've destroyed tunnels. The big thing coming out of it is they've established a civilian corridor from the north to the south, and when civilians try to cross it, Hamas shoots the civilians in the back similar to what we saw with ISIS and Mosul. Happened in Ukraine, too. Did you see those videos? Yeah. Russian soldiers would just shoot, like, families that were yeah. running out of their apartments with suitcases. An American journalist died trying to record civilians evacuating. When were they given orders to do that? Maybe. Maybe not. We don't know. There's just there's so many things we don't know. That's what's, that's what's so frustrating is, like, we live in an age where you get, so, you get information within milliseconds. Yet, it's usually bad information. It's usually bad. Yeah, it's the problem. But then we base our opinions off that. Yeah, but then again, what else are you supposed to? I mean, back then, you know, sixty years ago, it was just curated fake news. So now yeah, it just now comes out. They're not even trying now. Now it's just like blatant lies. Instead of waiting a week for your only fake news, you get a thousand different stories on the same topic every minute. Yeah. So you should probably just wait 24 hours to figure out what's true. Find how's, a new source you trust. How's Biden doing? Is he still alive? I haven't heard from him in a while. In still a while. alive. He's not sentient, but he's alive. Yes. He is not. Yeah, he's barely alive. Kamala Harris has done nothing. I haven't. I have not heard her speak, like give a speech no since way. she's been president. They realized she president. wasn't popular. They put her in the corner. <laughs> was she ever popular? Uh, she's popular among black women. 
That's that's I think that's the only group she's above water with. Yeah, she's annoying. God, she's so annoying. Right now she's at 54% disapprove, 38% approve. In May 2021, she was at 48% approve and 37% disapprove. So yeah. when did that change? Uh, that changed basically around when Joe Biden's approval rating changed, which was our pullout from Afghanistan. In the handling of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the future entails. It's kind of a, I mean, with all these stories that we've talked about, it's kind of just a waiting game. Yeah, we're waiting for something to pop off or it doesn't happen. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Yeah, the best case scenario is it just, it, everything just kind of fizzles out. Yeah. And, you know, some sort of peace can be found. It's, uh, conflicts nowadays are pretty secular. And no, based on Strauss generational theory, though, we're going into hard times. Do you foresee a recession? Yes. Do you have a guess on when it might be? Like within the next year or two years? I Economists try and estimate, but they, no, no they're, in, they're not accurate most of the time. I, yeah, over the summer, I was like going religiously off the estimations. They're like, September, it's going to crash. September, it's going to crash. And it didn't crash. So now I'm... I mean, is there, any, is there any sector... Is there any sector that's that looks suspicious. I mean, obviously I'm not in finance, but I mean, people paying their mortgages are, what's our employment rate? And there's still an employment crisis, which yeah. it just doesn't get talked about, but I've seen firsthand, like here in town, I've seen firsthand the employment crisis and specifically with low income individuals. Yeah. Where did they go? Where did like, <laughs> cause like, during the pandemic, you sitting know, at home playing video games, collecting a check. Well, okay, so during the pandemic, people got those unemployment checks. Um, what was the exact title of them? Well, they got normal unemployment that was raised, and then they also got the stimulus checks. The stimulus checks. But that money's run out because a lot of these people realized, although it wasn't in the long run an economic stable decision, they said that. We're making more money by staying at home and quitting our, you know, low income minimum wage jobs. So then they did that. But then the stimulus check stopped. So I just they still get unemployment. Also student Is loans. unemployment still high? Is it still raised or did they lower it back to it's what it was? Raised. You can't lower it once you raise it. That's the problem with all of our welfare systems. Yeah, all of our welfare systems. If you raise it like doing drugs, you can't stop once you start. That's interesting. So you know, our financial situation, you know, our inflation rate goes up and down, but that payment that we have to make doesn't change. And then the more people that are on it, the worse it, it yeah. is. It's the same with Social Security. On the debate stage, they even talked about Social Security. None of them want to touch it because it's unpopular to touch it. But if we keep spending on Social Security and other welfare programs, our economy is going to go bankrupt. And that's the thing. They've stopped. Like, I remember... <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't alive back then, but I remember my parents talking about like in the 80s and 90s, it wasn't cool to be on welfare. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our government was trying to push you to avoid getting on it. I mean, it's there to help, but it's not to be abused. And the government at the state and federal level made that clear in their advertisements. And then, you know, your society and community also kind of not demonized you, but 
they were like, you know, if there's anything that we can do to help you like personally, let's do that so that you don't have to rely on the government. And so we can help you personally. We don't have to pay for you through our taxes. Now it's switched and it's now popular to be on welfare. Yeah, they sing about it in rap songs. You, well, yeah, like, or if you talk to some of your coworkers or anybody, they're like, the government's giving me free money. Like, of course I'm going to take yeah. it. Like, why would you're dumb if you don't take it? And it's like, I don't think people understand the repercussions of that. Our 60% of our budget is spent on welfare. At the state or federal level? Federal I know at the state level. level, it's really high. Federal level, I think it was like 40-something percent on Social Security and 20-something percent on healthcare. Well, how many can tell you? I think our state has one of the most, has one of the highest rates of people who are on socialized medicine yeah, we and got a bunch welfare of programs. People. We do have a very old population. I'd love to know the numbers of how many people are, are using welfare in our state. 520,000 Kentuckians receive uh, welfare. It's $135 per person per month. And that's just in all forms, not specific to... That's that's SNAP assistance, which I think is Kentucky government. And what's our population? Four million. That's a lot. Yeah. It's quite a bit. It's all the hell people. They don't no. Work. <laughs> no, they don't live off the government. They live. Yeah, they're, sure. they're not citizens. Half of them are just <laughs> are not, probably not registered citizens. After all the mines closed, they have nowhere to work. We yeah. decided to close coal mines. Stride up coal mining towns. Everyone there can't work anymore. All the all the industry left. And then once you aren't once you don't have mines or industry, you don't have anything to transport on the rivers. So that shrinks bar the barging industry, which shrinks all the river towns. Yeah, I mean that was the demise of West Virginia and Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, because it in like the 30s and 40s. I mean it was economically it was booming. Yeah. I mean, it was hard, rough labor, blue-collar work, but they built towns out there. Yeah. And now it's just it's just sad that's driving why, through it. That's why I like Vivek saying burn coal. Burn all the coal in the world. Trump needs... Has he ever had a rally in, like, eastern Kentucky, western Kentucky? Probably a small he one. He needs to. Yeah. He needs to be on, like, the top of a hill, just... So they vote Democrat, so... Well, yeah. <laughs> that's the That's the problem. Um, so I think we're going to wrap things up uh, tune in next week on Contemporary Insanity where we will discuss the latest news and maybe get some updates on the, what we talked about today my name is Braden Jennings and this is John Payment and we'll see you all later peace Bye. out